Unlocking the Cage is produced by The Manager Special. This show is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 Pacific on at Manager's Comedy. Check out our other show, Virtual Improv, Tuesdays at 6 Pacific and Fridays at 7 Pacific. Or check out our YouTube for recordings of this show, our other shows, as well as animation, short films, and sketch comedy. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hi everybody, and welcome to Unlocking the Cage. Uh, I am your host, Meg. This is your co-host, Chris. We are here today to discuss uh, one of our favorite Nicolas Cage movies, Face Off. Um, the goal of this show is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 104 movies. And today it is a treat because this is a good one. Um, so just a warning uh, we will be spoiling this movie. If you care about spoilers for the movie Face Off, uh, then uh, you probably shouldn't uh, listen to this podcast slash Swiss show. Uh, go watch the movie and then come back. Um, uh, another thing, our theme song is by Will Giannetta. We love it. He's actually our guest in two weeks. Um, and uh, why don't we bring out today's guest? This is uh, our good friend, improviser, Dan Chapman. Hello, Dan. Hi, everybody. Hey, Dan. How's hey. It going? Good. Thank you for having me to talk about this epic cinematic adventure that we all <laughs> went on together. I uh you were I just remember when I reached out to you you were so excited that no one had claimed this one yet uh so well, well you sent me a list of like 12 movies and like people were like oh this like very deep artistic cut and I'm like no one has picked face off yeah and I'm just like this feels like the easiest and most obvious choice I was aggressively <laughs> pushing people to pick face off too but everyone was like no no no, no I don't want it so oh, it was I, meant to be that <laughs> I feel um, like so- you're you're the guy to to do this one yeah, I, I I appreciate this gift that you were giving me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, just in in terms of our our, our um, journey through Nicolas Cage's filmography, so at current count, I have seen eleven movies. Chris has seen twenty six movies. Dan, where 27. do you call it? Twenty seven. Oh, no, this is a double dip. You're right. Twenty six. Yes. Yes. Dan, uh, I am I am nicely in the middle uh, with eighteen. Um, I'm pretty sure this might have been the first Nicolas Cage movie I've seen. Um, or at least the first Nicolas Cage movie where I registered it as a Nicolas Cage movie. I think the last one I saw was uh, Mom and Dad was the last Nicolas Cage movie I saw. I don't um, even a movie, know that one. <laughs> uh, it's a movie where a virus takes over the world and the only thing that happens is parents attack their children. What? That's it's awesome. on Hulu, and I assume you'll get to it at some point. Wait, it's on the list? I didn't know what. It's called Mom and Dad. It's called oh. Mom and Dad. It was made. There's, very, I mean, there's a whole section of his movies in the last ten years that I, most of them I haven't heard of. Like, I, I don't know what he's been up to, but that sounds amazing. Those will be the glory it's, days of this show. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So you said this was the first Nicolas Cage movie that you ever saw. So did you see this in theaters? Were you old enough to, Dan? No, I was I was still a boy at the time. Um, but I remember like I would watch um, on E! I would watch that show where it's like, these are all the trailers um, for movies that are coming out. And it was just, I mean, it's literally a half hour of advertisements. Um, but I love that show because you would get to see every trailer. Um, and I was that kind of kid who loved that stuff. Uh, and I remember seeing this movie and being like, why am I only 
13 years old. This is <laughs> painful. They have to wait. Um, so you had to wait. And then eventually when it came out on VHS, I did not see it. Um, I think I saw it for the first time, like maybe in college. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a movie I've waited many years to see. And it is completely worth that wait. <laughs> Do you remember seeing this one for the first time, Chris? Uh, I saw this. Oh, boy. Uh, I think I saw this in theaters. I think I might have been just old enough to see it in theaters. Um, yeah, I I can't remember to be honest with you, but I, I think I did see it in theaters. Uh, it was definitely not the first movie I saw. I think I saw Raising Arizona. I think that might have been the first Nick Cage movie I ever saw. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like it. Didn't register as a Nick Cage movie. But like, if I look back, I know I saw that movie. So you know, I uh, I don't remember when I saw this one for the first time, but I do remember just sort of like in my life just being like I love the movie Face Off just for many many years was like this is one of my favorite action movies like I fucking love this movie and I I'm gonna say it holds up I really I mean you know I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really that, I mean that's something we'll dig into is how how well we think it holds up but um, spoiler alert for my opinion it's exactly as good as I remember <laughs> um, the science so, is sound the science, science is, sound. is very sound yeah I mean and, and we've only grown from there scientifically I mean <laughs> the things we can do now I mean if they made face off now I mean, it basically <laughs> it basically gave us 3D printers this movie yeah. invented the 3D printer yeah. <laughs> way ahead of their time um, so here's just, just a little bit instead they're like let's make an ear <laughs> yeah you could 3D print out here, yeah. Uh, so just a little background on the movie in general, so like where it fits into you know the culture. Uh, so it was directed by John Woo, who's a Hong Kong director. Uh, so this is one of his first couple American movies. Um, it's you can really see a lot of his style, like all of the like double wielding guns thing. That's like very much a John Woo thing. The doves. We have a, a doves transition. Did you do the doves? I've been doing it this whole time. <laughs> Um, doves are know, flying across the screen. <laughs> we we added the doves thing specifically for this movie, but I think it'll make it onto many future episodes. Um, so uh, his <laughs> style of movie was called heroic bloodshed. This is the, this is the, the John Woo is part of this sort of movie thing, and this is uh, like a Hong Kong action movie that features lots of gunplay and gangsters, um, but not kung fu. And they're all very like uh, loyalty focused, like brotherhood focused, they're very emotional movies. It's not just action. Um, and uh, so this movie was a huge hit. It made two hundred forty five million dollars on an eighty million dollar budget, and you know this is nineteen ninety. Wow. Adjusted for inflation. Um, and then in terms of Nicolas Cage's career, like I would argue this is maybe peak Nicolas Cage. Like, so this is right after leaving Las Vegas, the rock and con air. Right. So like, this is the fourth movie in that series. Like, so he's won an Oscar. He's had two massive action hits. Like this is, this is like as good as it gets pretty much for him. I think he cage, he cage, um, <laughs> he, goes, he also, goes a little bit more family friendly after yes, this. Yeah. So this yeah. is like like he this is like him doing like flips and somersaults and then he's like, oh man, I'm gonna do one about what if I suddenly have a family? Yeah. <laughs> he I settles down after that. You could track like maybe his dating life and his marriage to this curve too. And that would probably be mm. around this time is when things start to fall apart. And then, you know, who knows? 
Well, he probably just made a ridiculous amount of money in these last few years. Like, so this is 1997. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I was looking at the John Travolta's history. This might also be peak Travolta comeback because, like, uh, he so 1994 was Pulp Fiction. In 1996 was the movies Michael and Phenomenon, which I don't know about you guys, but I remember weirdly well. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then 2000 was Battlefield Earth, which is when I feel like he became a joke again. You know. But wait, what about Broken Arrow? Yeah. Broken Arrow was before this, so ah, Broken okay. Arrow, uh, I believe, was between Pulp Fiction and this, but I'm not 100 certain. So like these, this is like two action stars at the peak of their action star career um and it, now, it wasn't supposed to be them though it ended up being them but it wasn't supposed to be nicholas cage and john travolta right yes uh originally an ernie of... and burt vehicle <laughs> that was a joke for that dan way. that was a joke just for dan <laughs> <laughs> the uh the people that were considered for this were arnold schwarzenegger and sylvester stallone uh Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas. Jesus Christ. Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Uh Pacino and De Niro, which that tracks. Yeah, and, except like the body types are so different between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, though. It would have just been yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. So we could have gone so many different ways. Oh my God. And with our ninth choice, we get Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, <laughs> <laughs> which That's is a- like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently about like movies that like mistakes keep happening in the production and like things keep falling through in the production. But then when it mm-hmm. comes out, it's like everything is perfect. And it's like when they're making it, it doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. And then it's just like, they stick the landing and just like everything works out perfectly. And like, this is one of those movies yeah, where it's, where it's like, they didn't, they didn't get Arnold Schwarzenegger. They didn't get Sylvester Stallone. They got Travolta in cage. And that was what this movie needed more than anything. I mean, it would have been like such a, so such more, more of a straight laced movie. Cause I feel like they're both playing such over the top flamboyant characters. Uh. Like even John Travolta as Sean Archer and even like Nicolas Cage's Sean Archer is very like over the top. I think almost cartoony. I blame Nicolas Cage because I bet Travolta had to elevate his portrayal to to match Nicolas Cage's portrayal in the beginning of the movie. I think that's what it is. He just brought everybody up into crazy town. Um. (laughs) So if we had to summarize the plot of this movie in two sentences, what would what would you say? Just so we can catch everybody up who hasn't seen this movie. We have a... Uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. Please. Um, there is a, a terrorist for hire and an anti-terrorist uh, employed by the government. Um, the, the terrorist has planted a bomb somewhere and the anti-terrorist needs to uh, find it. So his solution is to switch faces with someone. <laughs> and just to clarify, the terrorist at the beginning is Nicolas Cage. The anti-terrorist guy is John Travolta. <laughs> they, they switch faces, but then the terrorist Hi, wakes Jinx. up from his coma and takes his face. And then... All hell breaks loose. That's all you I would say. I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does. We'll get into this later. But he gets I, cucked. I don't, know if, I, I don't know if I would say all hell breaks loose. A cuck porn for the ages. Face off. 
that's how I would summarize this movie. <laughs> so, so we start off. Uh, we start off, and Nicolas Cage is there. He's playing Caster Troy, who's the terrorist. He's planting a bomb in the LA Convention Center. Uh, oh no, it, we got you. Got to no the before. There's the there's the whole backstory. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Oh there's yeah. The, the, the you're Griffith right, you're Park, right. the Griffith Park car- uh, carousel backstory, <laughs> where where. Where six years ago, I think, uh, yeah. Nicolas Cage with a mustache to establish that this is a different time. Um, <laughs> has a sniper rifle, shoots it in the middle of the day. In a soda. John Travolta and accidentally kills John Travolta's son, which he mm. will never get over. For reasons that we understand. The yeah. murder of a child is sad. And he, it, like Nicolas Cage, like, you know, he's a monster or whatever in the movie. But like, you know, there's some guilt. You see a little, he's like, oh, shit, didn't mean to do that kind of face. Like, bummer, yeah. you know? And I mean, I, he had a sniper rifle. He could have aimed for his head, but, you know, whatever. What, what's weird is if you think about this movie timing-wise, like, you see he has, like, a teenage daughter, and, like, that was six years ago. So that girl must not have been far apart in age from the kid who died. Like, mm-hmm. she, yeah. she must have been, like, you know, like, around his age. Or, like, a, a little older, but, like, you know, maybe four years older. Not much older, so <laughs> extra sad. Oof. Yeah. Um, so we, we cut to the future, I mean, or the present, I guess. And Nicholas Cage, uh, as Caster Troy is going to plant a bomb in the LA convention center. So yeah, that the, I have a clip of that priest part. So he's dressed like a priest and he's, oh, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you guys want to watch this shit? It's like incredibly uncomfortable, like what he does in this, in this, this scene. But so yeah, he's dressed like a priest. He comes out. It's probably like the most cage he is in the entire movie. I think I maybe not, but it's up. I never really enjoyed the like this girl is too young, like disturbingly young. There's so many butt grabs in this movie. Like I think there's at least three or four times where he grabs somebody. Somebody had to make a supercut of butt grabs. You just get that crazy cage face. Yeah, that's that a classic crazy cage face right there. <laughs> As you do when you're just like putting one hand onto someone's butt. <laughs> it's I, always I like how dance. I do like how dancey he is. Like he's just like, like Castor Troy just has like a nice dancey energy where it's just like he doesn't walk places. He always just has like, yeah. like, <laughs> mu- like he hears music that no one else can hear. That's I a good observation. All the time. That's a good point because. When John Travolta's playing him, everything's a dance move too. Yep. Yeah. He's yeah. always dancing around. That's a really good point. That must have been a choice they made, you know, together backstage or whatever. They're like, yeah, let's always dance. Okay, cool. Let's do it. I don't know. One but of I them feel, dances. One of them does. <laughs> I feel like uh, also like Nicolas Cage though is kind of like that in a lot of different movies. Like he's, you know, moving around a lot. He's not just walking like a normal person. <laughs> Very rarely is he walking like a normal person. We got to talk about too. All right. So he sets this bomb. And he sets it for 263 hours. Yes. Why? Why? Oh, wait, no, they told us that, didn't they? Because the the court, the Supreme Court justices were going to be visiting at, at a certain yes. time. Never mind. Okay. Yes. Never it was mind. A, yeah, it was a political burner attempt. <laughs> but it's like way, way ahead. I just, it just feels like uh, that just you're setting yourself up for failure by giving, you know, the good guys that much time to track down your bomb. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like, I don't know, like, he just kind of, like, sets it in broad daylight. 
Yeah. He's got the whole pole. He does a lot of broad daylight crime. Like, he does a lot of stuff just being like, I don't care. It's noon. Let's do this. And nobody, like, stopped him from grabbing that girl's butt. You know, no consequences to anything he does. Like, Well, eventually. Eventually, he's got some consequences. You know, we didn't cover right at the top, the face thing. We didn't talk about the face thing at all yet. <laughs> the face swipe. This? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I'm touching her face. I, I hate that so much. What's that family doing now in COVID? I am desperate to know where that came from. Is that something that like John Travolta's grandpa did to him? Like, is this something that like is like the Archer family just from generation to generation does the face wiping or is it just something that he's just like one day he's like, I'll do this. This will be my thing. I would do that if I was in a family of blind people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be that would make sense. Like, how do you say hello to a blind person in a loving way? And you know each other in your family? Maybe touch their face or something. I don't know. It's possible. I uh, I was trying to look it up, but I, I do remember that I think I read somewhere that this was an improv by John Travolta, which yeah. tracks. Travolta wouldn't expect John Travolta to be very good at it. <laughs> and then it became I, a very large story point. <laughs> it's, it's awful. I really just like just especially like at the very last scene when he does it to his teenage daughter. It's just like yeah. like the, the, this family doesn't realize that this is weird. Everybody else thinks that this is weird. He does do a picture at one point. Yes. yes. He does do a picture. Does. Maybe he can't tell the difference between like pictures and, or maybe he has like, like that disease where you, you can, yeah, like you can't tell if something's a picture or if it's the actual thing. So he needs to tell if it's got depth. So he puts his fingers on it to get the depth. You know no what I mean? Perception. <laughs> yeah. He's got no depth perception. One of those eyes is a glass eye and he has to do this to get like the 3d print of the face. <laughs> I mean, it does. It it, it it is memorable. I'll give them that. Like, it's nice to, mm. you know, they made something memorable. They, you know, we have a strong reaction to it. So I think they succeeded there. Um, another thing that is funny about this scene to me is that orange case that he puts the bomb in, you know, with a like, like a sort of really 90s pornographic like lady or whatever. Um, so my ex-boyfriend would keep his camera in the exact same orange case. Just just like it's just a common brand of um, like travel camera equipment thing. And it would always get dinged at uh, airport security. <laughs> like you literally like this is literally a bomb in a movie. Like maybe you should get a new camera case. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So then like he goes to the uh, what's it called? He's playing this bomb and then, you know, he's escaping He's at the uh, airport now. He's at the airport. His brother's like, okay, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I paid for the I paid for the thing. I wasn't supposed to. It's like, that's what the boys are for. But you can barely understand anything they're saying in this movie. So like, you know, you, like they just drop little plot points like that. And you have to like kind of really pay attention. And so that's how the FBI got wind of it is because he paid for it out of his own credit card or With whatever. With cash. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to I spend a moment though. And I want to point this out. Caster Troy is a good brother. (laughs) It's true. Caster Troy cares about his family and he like protects them. He ties his brother's shoes. Mm. If you haven't seen this movie, his brother is an adult. Uh, He there's he's just it seems just like it seems like Caster Troy's equivalent to like the face thing is he ties his brother's shoes. Yeah, his brother's kind of like a 
like a genius, like a savant type kind of guy with like, he's yeah. got no common sense, but he can make bombs. He seems aloof. Yeah. I don't know if, if were but, they implying but, he had some kind of disability? I don't, I don't think so. I think they're just implying they had like a nice relate, like a special relationship. Are you maybe he's just like a little bit, like a little bit clumsy. Cause like jumping ahead a little bit, but after, well, actually a bunch, uh, but jumping a point to a point where John Travolta is now in Nicolas Cage's body and he's in the prison. The brother seems to know something is up just from talking to like, John Travolta as Castor Troy. He doesn't just accept him as his brother because he looks like his brother. He knows something up is up like immediately. So he's not so like he's clearly very smart. He clearly yeah. knows what's going on. I think he's yeah. just like someone who is like is walking around and you're like, oh, your flies undone. He's like that kind of guy. Where it's just yeah. it's like he's just going about his business. He has other things that are more important to him. But it's just so I don't think he's a dumb. I think he's just think kind he, of like he designed the bomb. I think that was yeah. the, the thing. So like he's sort of the the brains, and Castor Troy is the bo- the brawn, I guess, or the mm-hmm. you know the muscle. Yeah. Um. So we are in the airport now. We're on the plane. Uh, uh, Castor Troy is being really gross to what we later learned is an undercover FBI agent. Oh, I have that clip. If you want to see it, you've got all the worst. The I've got the worst clips. We're just watching the whole movie. I just the, like the, the we're hitting the high points. You know what I mean? We're just hitting the high points. Yeah, this is the clip from the plane. Peach. This is an undercover undercover FBI agent yeah. to this woman. Mm. We need to talk about like how John Travolta's just like obsession to get Castor Troy leads to like I think hundreds of people getting killed, including this undercover FBI agent. Yeah, and some by his own hand. Flowers. Where would I? A, a fair amount. Yeah. Wait, let me rephrase. If I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Oh God. Ugh. The answer is no. The answer is no. But no, I, I do. she kisses him. I will. She does her job, but she yeah. doesn't enjoy it. She's this like, reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, the scenes because we we watched Leaving Las Vegas last week, and uh, it reminds me a little bit of the scenes where Nicolas Cage is wasted in a bar trying to pick up women. You know, <laughs> like just like the worst, grossest pickup lines. Um. So that was the I could eat a peach for hours line, too, which is a uh, classic quote from this movie that I also hate. <laughs> oh, God. So disgusting. I think we I think we can we've established that Castor Troy is a butt guy. That seems to be from all the the peach references. I don't know. So by the rules of face off, does that mean Sean Archer is into boobs? I think it does. Because they're the yin and the yang. Yeah, so. they're opposites. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they're fight- they're fighting at the airport. Um, we have a really like a great fight scene, like w- right at the top of the movie. Like, I like don't a know. huge a huge action sequence where yes. they're crashing a, a, a plane using a helicopter to keep the flaps down, and like it goes into a, a hangar, it explodes. Castor Troy is thrown into like a wind machine at some point. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a hangar that is on a runway that is full of shit. Like they're just wasting this hangar space by filling it with objects. And then in the back, there's an engine test facility for no reason. It's just the craziest setup. A lot of places here are just like they don't make any sense. Um, it, when I thought about this movie, when I thought about the scene where Nicolas Cage gets thrown through the wind tunnel, I remember that as being the end of the movie because it's like so dramatic. 
but it's the beginning of the movie. Like yeah. so much happens right off at the top. Like it's it's awesome. <laughs> the bar is very high immediately. Yeah, it's like Hummer. The the guys like playing chicken between a Hummer and a and a jet. And then it's like so. Like after it's like Castro Troy is arrested. Archer, yeah. John Travolta's character, goes to work and is like he's being like applauded by his employees, and, and he's like, like no. he's like, "Stop it! I hate you, everyone." It's like think about all the people who died. You know, he's is just, he just Pinkus. I just remember Pinkus. But the thing is, but the thing is, he doesn't care about those people. He's just thinking about his son still. Yeah. He goes into his office and is, is just like looking at files of his son like all the time. No, yeah. he go he goes in his office and he's like. He hits Command D on his computer and it goes case close. <laughs> okay, I forgot. <laughs> also, um, Margaret Cho shows up. Yeah, yeah Margaret Cho. Uh, here's a trivia that was that role was originally supposed to be played by Chow Yun Fat. What, Margaret Cho? Yes. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, I do. Okay. I don't want to gloss too much over the fight scene because there's a couple of really good moments in that. Like, so for for one, the airplane crashing into the hangar. Because this is 1997, like basically every stunt in this movie, they actually did. So they actually crashed an airplane into a hangar. They had like, you know, 10 to 20 cameras on it because they only had one take to do it. Um, and like, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just really impressive. Like all the stunt work and stuff. Like It, it looks yeah. like what they did was they probably had a lot of things on ropes to be pulled away rather than the plane pushing them away and then they probably you know the one thing that remember uh meg pointed this out to me last night because she had the dvd copy and it's really low, low it's really low quality compared to like the remastered version there are some straight up moments where you see the wires on this guy who gets shotgun blasted like really heavy thick wires coming down from the <laughs> roof like he's just running with wires on and it's like wow they didn't even try to get rid of those and then he gets shotgun blasted and you see the wires pulling him back like and i i tried to get that clip for this one but all i could find was the the hd version which they had like done a better job of getting rid of them yeah <laughs> um all right so we've got caster troy in a coma okay and that bomb is still out there so what is sean archer going to do that's the that's the next question. Well, we didn't talk about something that uh, like like, you know, uh, he comes next, home. He's going to be approached by someone. But like Is it? we didn't talk about the scene where he comes home and he's like, he's like, yeah, I did it, guys. I killed him. He's dead. And then like his daughter has that ridiculous eye makeup on. Yeah, his daughter is like going through a punk phase. She has like spider right. spider mascara. I just, I just thought that part was like, what is, but I guess it's just a sign up. That's like what people dress like back then. I don't know. I think it was, she was supposed to be like a troubled kid. You know, she had a rough time with her brother who was probably this close to the same age as her. Yeah. yeah. And then the chief of police or whatever, the head of the squad, whoever that lady is, whoever CCH pounder is comes yeah. in with a zip disc and she's like, Hey, I got the zip disc <laughs> and it shows a, a lady a cartoon of a lady. It's like, I am a bomb or whatever, <laughs> like old school hacker stuff. That's how he finds out about the bomb, right? Yeah. 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 He didn't know. He, he just was going, he wasn't going after Gaster Troy for, for the bomb. He was just going for his, it feels like his vendetta against him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do want to point out that Caster Troy is like a, you know, the head of a criminal organization. Like, you know, there's a, there's probably a more than just the vendetta 
for sure. But like, is he though? Because I guess he is. Like it. Everyone's like, scared of him. It's just those he's a four terrorist guys. For hire, I know that much. He's a terrorist yeah. for hire. So because he's like he does what other people want him to do. But like at one point he, he at one point he was like, I didn't mean to kill your son. That was an accident. We'll get Ooh. into this later. But like, was he hired? A lot of people like him. <laughs> a lot of people like Caster Troy. Oh, people love Caster Troy. Like, I, I'm just I'm, I'm no, go for it. I'll yeah, no, little, no, no, say say it. Yeah. So, like, when after the switch happens, yeah, and Caster Troy is in John Travolta's body, it's the first time his employees like him. It seems <laughs> like it's the first time his wife has loved him in years. He's like a good father to the daughter, and like teaching. Wow, well, wait, 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 all, the, all these statements you're making are suspect. This is come on. <laughs> you a know, good father, he is perving on his daughter hardcore also he, he walks in the uh, self-defense also he, he goes to his self-defense he goes to his secretary and he grabs his secretary's ass not a thing he is a, said about it a serial butt grabber uh, who <laughs> One has murdered up children employees seem to like him a lot <laughs> also his wife is just like him. i think his wife was just more like taken aback by the sudden change and was like okay i guess i'll sleep with you but i wasn't like this is great it was more like Hey, don't we have stuff we have to talk about? Weren't you going to go to therapy? Weren't you going to quit your job? I mean, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Castor Troy to like walk into the office one day and be like, look, everybody, everyone's getting a raise. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, because I'm Sean Archer. It's like they just do the exact same scene with the fight, except it's him in the office giving people raises. Well, he, well, he did the other scene where it's like he like he comes in and then there's like applause for him again. And he's like, he's like basking in it. And he like takes the champagne home. And then he, the president is going to call him and like, before, like, John Travolta was like, no, I can't talk to my wife. I have work to do. And yeah. Pastor Troy is like, tell the president I'll call him later. I'm going to speak to my wife. It's, uh, it's, I mean, that's kind of a theme for him is that he's fun. Is like, that's, yeah. I think, I think at some point, uh, Caster Troy, I don't remember whose body he's in, and probably John Travolta at that point. It's like, are we having fun? Why don't we have some fun? You know, like that kind of thing. Like, that's, I think he's in John Travolta's body. He's the fun yeah. dad. He, he's a fun parent. <laughs> <laughs> um are we gonna, we got to talk about yeah yeah let's the procedure. go so we're back, yeah, we're we're back, back sorry i want to so get CB, a doctor's input on the procedure we have a doctor on the show we yes, need to get the so doctor's input on the procedure bch pounder is like we have a we have an idea we're gonna put his face on your face and then you're gonna go into the maximum security prison that his brother is being held in and find out the location of the bomb and john travolta is like absolutely not because it's a terrible idea and he does really push back. Like, he's like, well, I'm going to just interview all these people. I'm going to try to find another way. Like, there's got to be some other option, you know? And I think that's reasonable. It's a crazy thing to do. Also, like, he when, when he walks in that facility that has happened to be doing surgery on somebody else, whatever happened to HIPAA? I mean, come mm. on. <laughs> it's like, look, so, here is his I surgery. If, I don't know if HIPAA existed in the 90s. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if anyone would know, you would. So I guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, Dan, so uh, yeah. so he eventually agrees that he's gonna get the get the the medical procedure done to turn into Nicolas Cage. How realistic is this medical procedure? So so for skin to come off, guys, we're gonna get gross. Um, if you like cut a line around your face, it's not just gonna be like just like come off like the lid of like 
peanut butter or something. It's going to like, you would have to like go in and like actually like remove the fascia that's underneath it. It would be like a long process. Um, uh, it's like, so just the timing doesn't really work, but like maybe it's a very powerful vacuum that they put on his face. Um, I do really appreciate a uh, doctor's like standpoint, the, uh, like the little fish tank that they put the face in. Uh-huh. Um, cause they are going to want to keep it hydrated. It, um, they would probably actually want it to have some sort of blood supply. So the tissue didn't die as opposed to just putting in like a little thing to like float. Um, with no lid. If no, yeah, with no lid. Um, so like air could get in there. Um, a junior mint could get in there. Um, my biggest thing is if this happened to him, he would need to be on insane amounts of pain medication. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that afterwards he's like my face itches. Cause that is probably what would happen. Cause like nerves are actually like going to regrow a little bit. So he would feel some itching. Um, but it's also, it's complete nonsense that no one is looking at. No one's like in the room with the faceless caster Troy to like monitor him being in a medically induced coma, like all the time. Like, like he's basically on life support. He's not even hand. Like, I feel like they would handcuff him even though. If, he, mean, well, if he's a, if he's a prisoner, if, yeah. he, if he is a prisoner, he would probably be under some sort of restraint of sorts, but it's also like, it seems like he was left alone. Like it'd be like if someone like you were to have surgery and like you had to spend it overnight in the hospital and like all the doctors are like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And they just turn all the lights off and all left and you're just there in a hospital. Do uh do you guys know when the first successful face transplant was done in real life? I think I not, do. Not long ago. Yeah. It was 2012? 2010. Yeah. So not exactly. not not that recently, but also certainly way after the movie. Yeah. So they they predicted the uh face transplant. <laughs> um I mean Also what do, what do we think about all the other like uh medical so like they give him a they 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 give him like a liposuction to get rid of his you know John Travolta gut, and like they give him they they're just they explain the voice with uh there's a microchip in there. Yeah, you could sneeze and it would just stop though. <laughs> What's weird is they explain way too much with lasers. They're just like lasers, lasers heal you, but they also cut you. Lasers. Well, it's it's that time when no one really knew what a laser was, but it's you knew lasers. lasers existed, so it was just like. Lasers, I accept this as a laser thing. I accept this. They like fixed his hairline. Um, they they gave him tons of plastic surgery. Like my big my biggest thing is like as a doctor too. It's like the healing time on this would not be like oh seventy minutes later you're the, off to the prison. The dude says no with anti inflammatories. The healing time is days, not weeks. Oh man, Tylenol yeah. is so powerful. <laughs> or the. The no anti-rejection drugs. Zero. Yep. Even though they're even though they're different blood types. Yeah, like they say that in the movie that they're different blood types. So they're like That's a that's a significant plot point, is they're different yeah. blood points. It'd be it'd be a better movie if at some point the face just falls off of it. Yeah. <laughs> it would He's be a like, very different movie. I need my pills or else I look weird. He you would know? just do the Mrs. Doubtfire thing and stick his face in a pie for a minute. Yeah, yeah. If that's if that's where this movie went, oh man, that would have just been levels above. Oh my god. Uh, if uh, anyone in the chat, uh, if we're if we're losing a lot of frames, let me know. Uh, I it's on uh, low latency mode. Anyway, continue. 
Yeah. So, uh, so we've got a successful face and pretty much body transplant. We've explained away the fact that they are slightly different heights. Uh, it's two inches. Two inches different. Although they don't say that in the movie, they say they're neg- no, negligible. I think is what they yeah. say. Um, I, I, mean, I would have. I would have liked a scene in the hospital where it's like, where like John, like Archer, John Travolta's character now in Nicolas Cage's body is like studying tapes of Nicolas Cage. Right. Or like has a a folder on him or something. I think they say that he's been so obsessed with him that he was uniquely positioned to play him even without that. Cause I think he's been, he's just been like living and breathing Caster Troy. Right. Like, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff he forgets, like right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, just even just like the physicality, like give me like a like a scene like, where it's like this. We're gonna teach you how to walk. Yeah. They show they show like so many moments in his face though, where they're trying to be like him, like trying to like oh what would Castle Troy do? Like you see it in his face, like oh wait, uh yeah yeah uh I'm gonna say this because I'm Castle Troy. Like they're way too heavy handed with that. Yeah, how do we feel like he does as as a, a Castor Troy impression? Because I feel like when he gets to the prison, he is immediately fucking up left and right. <laughs> oh, he's, I mean, he's bad. <laughs> it's he's, like, he's bad. When he saw the helicopter, the roof of the helicopter pad, and then people are looking at him, and he's looking around like, it's like you could tell he's like, oh man, this is a real bad idea. <laughs> like, why did <laughs> yeah. we do this? He's like, my a, employees, a few he's like, people. my employees hate me now. <laughs> like, what's crazy is, Okay, here's the craziest part of this fucking movie that pisses me off to no end. At some point, Sean Archer comes in and gets Pollux Troy out of jail. Remember, he's like, yes, you get a plea bargain, you're out. They could have always done that. He could have met Pollux in a yes. room somewhere. He didn't have to go to the maximum security prison. That's a great point, Chris. <laughs> he could have just put him in the same room. They could have put him in a hospital bed and given Pollux a visit. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to like, have him out in the world. Anyway, that would have been more believable too. Like he was in a coma. I mean, that just that part just you know blows my mind. So, so he's it. He goes to the prison, which is called Erewhon Prison, which is a anagram for nowhere. Uh, oh. Also, Erewhon is the name of like a super fancy organic food store in the LA area. Maybe other areas too. Is it because uh, it's uh, anagram of nowhere, or is there another reason? I is it- do not know why it is also called Erewhon. <laughs> okay then. Uh, and the prison appears to be a oil rig. Yep. I guess. <laughs> I know. I was like, rig. oh right, it's an oil rig. <laughs> and um, live ammunition used all the time, like. Oh yeah, against unarmed people, M16s, Ex- experiment, experimental boots. Yeah, exactly. um, they like just fry people's brains all the time. Just there's just like a after they're done frying one person's brain, another person's there in line to get their brain fried. It's like, who <laughs> is like, is this? Was this uh, like is this the government doing this, or is this like who is doing this? Yeah, like it's a secret it's, black ops site. But it has to be the government because. Sean Archer has some sway there. And also, uh, you know, you can see a city from the from the, the oil rig. Look <laughs> <laughs> at far distance to swim. But like yeah. it's not a secret. Like everyone knows it's there. You can see it from the shore. <laughs> like 
I do want to point out that this is the second movie in two years that is about a prison in the middle of the water that Nicolas Cage stars in. That is true. What was the other one? Also, in California. Well, we don't know where this prison is. I guess I guess it's got to be in the L.A. area, though, because when he swims back to land later, he ends up able to go back to his own home. (laughs) I mean, by the science of this movie, though. Who knows? (laughs) I do. I do like that. The that at certain points, the prison just shows the news. Yeah. (laughs) On the big screen. And it's just like animal clips in the news. Yeah. (laughs) I I remember as a kid just finding the prison very fascinating because like the whole like the boots that they lock you, the magnetic boots and they just hit the button and everyone gets locked down. I was like, well, that's really cool. That was expecting there to be like more of a like using the magnetic boots to escape and like climb Ooh, using that. them or something instead of it just being like at a certain point i i he gets them off and then he's good to go he disables the boots yeah he got yeah. incredibly lucky there really lucky that yeah. guy wasn't fully brain dead and helped him out because that was a bad idea he just rolled the yeah. dice real hard on that one yeah Oh wait, but before he escapes, though, we uh, we missed a part where Caster Troy, who has been in a coma with no face, wakes up from his coma, and in a scene that severely disturbed me as a kid, like walks around the hospital with no face and somehow manages to get someone to put Sean Archer, aka John Travolta's face, on his body. That That's just good problem solving. Like it's he's true. just like, I know what to do immediately. <laughs> he's like, a face right over there. I have none. Obviously, he took mine, and that's his. Well, like you know, he figured it out. Also, like he has a nose, and like your nose is all cartilage. It would have come off with the face, so he wouldn't have had a nose anymore. Anyway, that's gross I, as fuck. I don't. I remember it. Um, oh. I remember just when I watched this movie as a kid, just hiding my face when we saw, like, when we have our brief images of Nicolas Cage with like the the gruesome face makeup on. I just, I just remember thinking it was so gross, and then like watching it, you know, yesterday as an adult, I was like, this is literally just smeared blood on his face. It that's was basically all. It was very reminiscent of the Joker scene from Batman when he. Yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, like doing that crazy laugh when he felt like that was cool. I like that. <laughs> I um, the I have a, a trivia bit about the face makeup that Nicolas Cage wore. So uh, Nicolas Cage did not want to see it. He was too grossed out by it. So John Woo hid all the reflective surfaces on the set when they were filming that scene. <laughs> and then he has the reflection in the glasses. I guess they had to CGI that in. I I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so now we have successfully swapped. We have Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta's character and John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage's character. And, and then it, he's in that yeah. jail. He goes to see him in the prison. He's like, guess what, motherfucker? I'm you. And then Nick that's Cage's, the line he says. Oh, my God. <laughs> that moment. Which, and I feel like yeah. this is when it really becomes more of a John Travolta movie than a Nicolas Cage movie because then it's like John Travolta gets the fun part, you know? I read that Nicolas Cage wanted to be the hero. Right. And that's like, originally they're just like, you're the villain. And he's like, well, I don't want to be the villain. I've been the villain too many times. And he's like, well, you also get to be the hero. <laughs> and then that like, drawed him into the project. Like, Whoa. <laughs> it, it's- it definitely feels like John Travolta is just like 
I don't know if it's a Nicolas Cage impression, but it's very much like it's just a crazy person impression. Like there are bits of like the mask in his impersonation <laughs> of Nicolas <Yeah>. Cage. <laughs> um, it's just like all over the place, but in like the best way. Like it makes me think of like maybe he's on, maybe he is on the painkillers that he should be on, and that's just making him extra crazy. <laughs> or like he always has his hand on his gun. Yeah, like all the time. Like oh, here's hand. a question. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at like so the the, the movies that Nicholas Cage had done around this time. So Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air. Like none of these movies does he play the villain, right? And like I I haven't I've only seen eleven Nicolas Cage movies, um, but I do not think that he often plays the villain. Is that right? So he he was just bullshitting when he was like, "Hey, I'm always the." No, villain. I'm serious. Like, do you guys can you guys think of any movies where he plays the villain? He's I'm definitely sure. not the villain. It could happen, and it could happen to you. <laughs> or the the family man. He's not the likable, most likable character, but he's not the villain. I mean, man, he's not the villain. Gone in sixty seconds. He's not the villain. Well, yeah. All those took place after, I think, too. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what? So I don't know. That was that was Moonstruck. what I, saw. I don't. Maybe no, I think you're right. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think I think Dan, you have a point that he probably is just not a guy who likes to play the villain. Yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he the villain I, in Moonstruck? I think it's a romantic comedy, so probably not. To share the villain in Moonstruck. <laughs> well, we'll have to get into that. I've never seen Moonstruck. Me neither. You you will have for this for this show. That's true. Yeah. Um, like it okay, or not. So, <laughs> so we uh, he's escaped prison. Uh, cast or uh, Sean Archer as Nicholas Cage has escaped prison and is back. Uh, lurking around. Yeah, he gets get he gets his his brother to instantly give him the location of the bomb, and mm-hmm. then it's revealed that that Sean Archer that Travolta is now a caster, and then so he jumps off the side of the oil rig after avoiding zatching. And no one looks for him. No one looks nope. for him. He, he swims just jumps in the ocean and is like, I, like I guess nope, that's too much. We're we're in a helicopter. We can't go into the ocean. <laughs> and everyone knows that when someone goes in the ocean, they are dead. dead. That is, that's it. <laughs> I mean, there's probably sharks out there. Yeah, and then so then he's he steals his car. He's driving around and he's calling people. He calls his wife. You know, he's like trying to convince people. His wife's like, "This is ridiculous. Don't talk to me." But I don't think it took. I, I don't think it took much. Uh, like I think he he did a smart thing calling like you know his wife and stuff like that. But he did a dumb thing when he was like he calls up you know he asked for the the head of that department and that oh, like that that anti terrorism group and he's and he's like Sean Archer and he's like well if you're Sean Archer I must be Castor Troy like don't reveal you're alive just keep the element of surprise man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, he already he's just he suspected that he was alive because he was like, like for the body, he was like, it hasn't been discovered yet. And just like (laughs) screaming at his employees who still love him and applaud him uh, and are are frequently talking about how he's going to be on the the cover of Time Magazine as the person (laughs) of the year. I interpreted his obsession with like finding uh, Castor Troy's or whoever's body is so he could get his original face back as he's like oh i, I, 
I, I think it's I think it's more about getting his his face back. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think he likes being in John Travolta's body. Like it, I think going from Cage to Tra- Travolta is a bit of a downgrade. Uh, in I mean, the eyes, of, at least in, at least in the eyes of Caster Troy. I think you're right. I didn't think of that. That's a good call. Well, it's like if you think about it, it's, the chin, you know. <laughs> but it's also like he's like if if you were to go into plastic surgery and being like, you know, those abs you had. <laughs> We're going to put layers and layers of fat over them. We put someone else's fat in there, too. We just took it out of him and put it in you. Blood tech doesn't matter for fat. And John Travolta's not, like, overweight in this movie at all. He's just, like, he's, like, a bulkier guy than Nicolas Cage is. Like, Nicolas Cage is more lanky. John Travolta's, like, more yeah. wide, you know? Yeah. He's, he's more of a... I, 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 we, we glossed over the fact that it is Escape from Rurapente, or whatever it's called. Uh, Arrow one. Arrow one. Sorry, Pente is is from Star Trek Six. Uh, <laughs> they fucking kill so many innocent guards. Oh yeah, like 12, 15 people die. Just, just, and he's killing them. He's just shooting them. I think they tried to hint that he shot one guy in the leg or the foot. Like he was trying to go yeah. for the non fatal shots. You know, every once in a while he was trying to spare a life, but like I think he unloaded on a dude with an M sixteen at some point. Well, it's I like, think all right. he sort of he's, he doesn't like the guards there because he can see that they're mistreating them. So I think we're supposed to think of the guards as being bad people because they're mistreating prisoners. C- I think because they're electrocuting the, brains and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, that makes sense. That's why he's like he turns and says to one of the guards, he's like, "I'm gonna have you fired." <laughs> Everyone's like, "Ah, uh, that's." Um. Okay. So a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, at some point we get to Nicolas Cage goes to his hideout, which is a very large loft. Oh, well, before that, though, um, Danny Masterson makes an appearance. Oh, fuck that guy. See, this is when he's the good father because he protects the he protects the daughter from this jerk, jerk boy she's in the car with. life. Danny Masterson, we, who is like a, a multi-time accused rapist in real life, like plays a rapist in this movie. It's just like, and is Whoa. rightfully thrown out of a car Ooh. window. And like, Ooh, car window. Kind of, not even like a, he got a little fresh. This is like no, a full-on rape scene, like a full-on attempted rape. And so, I mean, it's good that, you know, Caster Troy defends someone else's daughter. That's good. He gives her money to, you know, protect gives her the knife so she can protect herself. She ends up taking teaches that knife. her how to use it. Yes. She ends up taking that knife and stabbing him later on, which is great. Um, he, he also, that means he, was, he was a good teacher. It means he was a very good teacher and taught in one lesson how to do things efficiently. Good he punches, father material caster truck. He punches clean through a windshield and pulls the kid out. Just yeah. FYI. Like what? Yeah. Just like, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, he's on a lot of drugs at that point, presumably, you know, <laughs> to deal with base rejection. Um, all right. So we're at uh, Caster Troy's hideout. Uh, Nicholas Cage, as Sean Archer, gets really high uh, on some sort of mysterious like sprinkle drug. Right. I have that clip if you want to see it. I would love to see yeah, that. Good, yeah. All right. This is a clip of uh, Nicholas Cage taking drugs and. Delivering the, the title, the titular line of the film, as they say. So, once we kidnap Super Cop, then what? Tiny, tiny surgery. surgery. 
<laughs> I'd like to take his his face. Oh. You want to take his face? Yes. His face. Oh. Eyes. Nose. Skin. It's coming off. He basically just did the hand face. waterfall thing to himself. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> my favorite part about that which I think doesn't get a lot of credit is tiny surgery <laughs> I did do tiny surgery um, alright do you guys know here's a uh, I, I think Chris might know this but the bald thug guy who's with him do you know uh, something else he's famous for I do not I just know name- from this his name is Nick Cassavetes. Uh, he's the son of a very famous director, John Cassavetes, but he's also the director of The Notebook. <laughs> that guy directed The Notebook. Wow. He's uh, inspired by this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the concept um, of self and who are we and like forgetting who you are and Alzheimer's and love. And that's just, it flows right from the storyline of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so he's uh, at, he's at this this hideout he's on drugs uh he meets Gina Gershon and finds out that her son who looks a lot like his dead son is actually Troy's son so <laughs> she just happens to be like oh this is the moment by the way that I'm going to tell you that my son is your son nice looking kid ought to be He's yours. They're like, look at the clothes. I'm so stupid. <laughs> um, so uh, he's, he, he's, you know, becomes slightly attached to this kid, uh, even though he's not his actual son. He's his nemesis's son. And then the raid happens and there's this crazy oh. uh, action sequence at the hideout. All yeah. set to a beautiful song. <laughs> uh, it's set to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. As sung by Olivia Newton-John, um, <laughs> which is funny because she was in Grace with John Travolta. Oh. Uh, and uh, again, the, you know, it's like the, the action stuff is pretty impressive. So there's just there's a lot of uh, I don't know if you guys know, this, a lot of sparks. Sparks yep. are a common. There's always sparks going yep. through the air. There's always debris going through the air. Yeah, like a bullet hits anything. I think my favorite thing about this scene is that in this loft is also a hall of bears. Yeah. It's just, yeah, a, a it's just, it's just a, there's just a room and you're just surrounded by mares. Um, and I love this scene so much of the, of like, it's double sided mirrors too. There are mirrors <laughs> on both sides. So it's like John Travolta is pointing a gun at a mirror and it's like John Travolta sees John Travolta. Nicolas Cage is pointing a gun at a mirror and Nicolas Cage sees Nicolas Cage. And it's like this room makes no sense. And I love this scene so very much. It's symbolism, Dan. It's symbolism. It's you're heavy shooting handed. a gun at yourself. I, here is my question for the two of you. Yes. What would that room be used for if it was not being used for the purpose of symbolism? Get drug parties. I was going to say drug parties. <laughs> Both are acceptable answers. <laughs> it's, that's that's like a, a thirty thousand. I don't know how much that would cost a month. Thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand dollars. That place. Oh, it's huge! It's massive. <laughs> it's the whole it's very airy. Downtown LA in the Arts District, gigantic warehouse apartment. Um, 
in a in Archer or Caster Troy as Archer, John Travolta at this point. Actually, he's like, "Do you want to trade back?" And I'm like, "This is a fair option. Yeah, this is a fair thing you were offering him." And like earlier in the movie, he like offered, like he offered like Archer a job, and is like, "You could just stop and work for me. There's like great benefits, and you would make a ton of money." And it's just like. These are nice things he's doing. Dan, I mean, Dan is uh, very clearly a Caster Troy apologist. We've learned this many times throughout this episode. At a certain point, Caster does say, dude, you know, it was an accident. Uh, all You know, he kind of says, like, you know, all these people yeah. are dying because you have this grudge. Like, I wasn't coming after you. I, were, I, I No, actually, he was coming after him. He's like, I was coming after you. I, w- I wasn't coming after your son. I right. was not trying to kill your son. Yeah, but he still did kill his son. It's true. It, it, now he's kind of apologized. <laughs> kind of. There's no apology there. He's just like, dude, it's your own fault. You should have killed yourself. That's what he says. It's like, yeah. That, that is fair. That is, that is a mean thing to say to someone. <laughs> uh, That's the first thing I have a problem with him doing in this movie <laughs> is him saying that. No, it's what, about, what about him sleeping with Sean uh, uh, Archer's wife? <laughs> you know that lady needed a good bang. I mean, like honestly, like they. Ha- <laughs> I mean, not that, that's a you know. This, is, this feels like it's a rape by deception. Perhaps? Ooh, also, if he had like some yep. kind of a STI, he didn't tell her about. Who knows? He's probably that's banging true, a lot of ladies. He would still have the STI, even though his. That's a different a movie. Pop. That's a different that's movie called Dick Off. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, our- oh, can we talk about that? Because dicks. Never look the same. I mean, sometimes, right? But people have very unique dicks. I I think they established that everything was changed. Everything was changed, yeah. <laughs> they did I a mean, dickoplasty. Everything, everything but the blood type was changed. Yeah. They say that many times. And it is a very big plot point that the blood type is the only thing that was never changed. They should have got into that. They should have he should have been like, what the you know, looked down and been like, oh no. This is a pretty long movie already. It's a good two hours. It's an enjoyable two hours, but it is a still it's a two-hour movie. movie. Can you believe, though, that those cops unload on that house? Oh, my God. There's a so child in there. Like, she's holding a kid for most of it, and they're just like, oh, we don't care. We're just going to keep shooting at you. So I want to remind you guys, though, that they are following the orders of John Travolta's character, who earlier was like, Fuck it. Crash this plane into this building. We don't care what's inside. Just crash this plane into a building. Yeah. So so this is, in a way, lower stakes than the first thing that he did in this movie. Yeah. Just unloading on a... Like, they aimed for the kid a couple times. Like, they, they were aiming at the child a couple times. It's fucked up. That poor kid. That poor kid. I'm uh, glad. Well, we'll, we'll talk about mm, I don't know. We'll yeah. get to it. All right. So at some point between the next showdown, which is at a funeral uh, in San Pedro, and that's when the doves really come into play. Uh, his wife, Eve, realizes that or, or, or she she talks to Nicolas Cage as Sean Archer, and he convinces her to check John Travolta's is blood. blood type yes and so which she- which i want to point out like she she's a doctor they're talking and like he is it's basically the equivalent of like she's like oh my plan is i'm gonna wait till he goes to sleep and once he goes to sleep i'm gonna i'm gonna like, him. stick him with a needle okay which isn't a bad plan but it's just the problem is is like the timing 
where it's like, he's asleep for maybe 0.5 seconds. And then she's just like, needle. <laughs> also, what was that needle? What was that, a spy needle? Like, where did she get that thing? Dan, is that a uh, standard medical needle that... uh... Uh, I have never seen that needle again, (laughs) just in this movie. It was like a spy device she just happened to have that takes blood, like... like Takes it, stores it in a little cylinder for you to take in the car so it won't spill anywhere. Yeah. That's pretty weird. All right, so he kills the FBI boss by... Apparently, this medical thing where you or this 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 secret thing where you go boop 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 boop, and then gives him a heart attack. He gives so I think fight. he was starting to have a heart attack, and then he oh, just kind yeah, of okay. then he just bumped it into like overkill, and then just went from there, and then like cut like took like like he chopped him in the windpipe, which will like cut the flow of oxygen, and yeah. like hitting him there. That actually does make sense medically. I thought it was like maybe a kung fu move that like John Woo was dropping in, like the five finger death punch or something like that to give a person a heart attack. It's like boop, 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 like a throat chop. Maybe not. Okay. Well, well it's like when you're having a heart attack, it's like the heart, the heart is like getting off of rhythm. And like, so that, that one big punch like changes the rhythm. And like, if you do it hard enough, like the heart's going to fight back and it's just going to be like, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. So it's like the heart almost like spasms. And the heart wants what it wants. Blood. It wants what it wants. It wants blood. And if it's spasming, <laughs> it's not going to get it. And then if you hit him in the windpipe, you're also cutting off oxygen. Oh, but it also, it's not going to really look like anything. Like there'll be maybe some mild bruising, um, but not a ton. And this has been my this has been my podcast, How to Give Someone a Heart Attack with Dan. Sounds like Dan's <laughs> killed a man before. You can tell. Like <laughs> he's heart attacked someone. We'll talk about that on my podcast, not yours. <laughs> and the, yeah, and then the question is, is that justified, Dan, as a uh, castratory apologist? Uh, uh murder nope. a random older guy. <laughs> His boss. Nope, but on the bright side, he gave John Travolta a little bit of a present of a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like he's or he just wasn't like John DeFalta's being like, so what's go? Oh, you're I'm in charge now. Great. Let's send uh, fighter jets to get Caster Troy. So we're now at the funeral of the boss. Uh John Can, can we go can we yeah. go back just a tiny tiny bit? I, I really want to talk about one of these scenes that happens in this mix. So she gets the blood, she's testing the blood, Nicolas Cage. As Sean Archer is there and describes and he describes their first date, the first date in which she chipped her tooth on something. They went to a drunk dentist and he fixed the wrong tooth. And I have no idea how that would even happen. Uh, like, how do you do? You look at a tooth, and you're like, "Well, this one seems too normal to me, so I'm gonna chip it first, and then I'm gonna put a new piece on." Like, just put an extra bit on the normal tooth. She had like a long well, ass tooth now. Like, <laughs> where she's just like, "This is the worst date ever." And like, granted, it's helpful to for her to know who is who, but it's just it, this is a stupid date. This is a bad date that should have not ended in a relationship that lasted not long enough to have multiple children. I feel like that's one of those things where you're like, you write it and you're like, oh, that sounds fun. He fixed the wrong tooth. But then like, when you really think about it, like, what does that mean? And also that's like, if, if that's a lot of like, like, is that how they got their nice house from like the lawsuit from (laughs) him fixing the wrong tooth? 
I think that happens now. You get like a house. But like this, this movie has a lot of that where it's like, it's, 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 it's said something said or done. But then if you go back and look at it later, like, wait, what the fuck? It's all, it's all the same. The ending is a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, Let's let's get through the, uh, the next few things. So we're, we're pretty, we're pretty far into the movie. So they have the showdown at the funeral. We have, uh, Nicolas Cage versus John Travolta versus, uh, Caster Troy's henchman versus Gina Gershon. Uh, uh, Joan Allen is in the middle of this. This is a, I believe it's called a Mexican standoff. Where Guys, let's have one right now. Let's have one right now. Everybody is pointing guns. Everyone guns. has multiple guns. Wait, pointing improv guns. Hold on. Improv and I'll guns. put the doves. Now, now we're reenacting the scene because I have the doves going. Chris, you got to you gotta hold your gun like this. Come on. Would you learn anything? Oh, yeah. Guns? Improv guns. <laughs> who who takes care of those doves? That's what uh, I want to know. Well, who let the doves in the prison? In the, uh, sorry, in the... um funeral parlor thing like who let the doves out open there i mean <laughs> they're they're the doves are this is a great scene though i just love the the opera music the like operatic music the doves flying everywhere like it's very over the top dramatic it's it's fun and i was like oh this is the ending of the movie uh it's not nope. <laughs> there's 20 nope, minutes we, left nope we fought by land by air, we need to fight by sea. Yes. Holy shit. I didn't even think of that, Dan. Wow. It's the wrong order, but it's the right three things. So we uh we're 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 by the harbor and somebody gets in a boat and the other guy gets in a boat and we have a boat chase and it is all film it's all real like it's like they didn't have CGI, they just filmed this crazy boat chase and you can see the stunt doubles a lot. Yeah, this is like I this is a movie where it's like like not a joke. You think about like how is it possible that stunt doubles don't have like a special Oscar category? Because like at one point a man is water skiing in shoes. Yes. Yeah. They I launch can't. a speedboat through another speedboat. It through a bigger boat. Yeah. Through, yeah, through yes, through a police boat. Sorry. But it's like these are very impressive things and someone should have gotten some sort of credit for these things. The boat through uh, the boat was so damn cool. I just love when that boat jumped into that boat. So they they fight. They're they're having a boat chase. They uh, crash at the end. They both go flying. The scene where they both go flying at the end is where they really just show you the stunt doubles for a long yep. time. You're just like that is not Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Those are two other dudes <laughs> who are very wor- working very hard. Yes, who are. Like, Earning their paycheck for sure. Yes. Um, hey, hey, Mega, you're yes. you're a little blurry. Oh, okay, I'll pop in and out. Is that going to mess things up? Uh, Dan, could you pop out too? Yeah, guys, yeah, popping in, in and out. There we go. Ooh. We're back. Okay, we're all back. All right, anyway, cool. continue. Uh, so uh, when we get to our final showdown, I think Chris, you have a clip of this. Yes, I do. I, well, all I have is the very, very end. Of the final that's, showdown. That's what you need. That's all It's just need. like the weirdest moment of all time. Like, I feel like this movie would have made much more sense as like a, like a foreign language film sometimes because this one part just like, it's like, it, 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 you know, it just makes no sense. Isn't this his first English language movie? He did Broken Arrow before this. Oh, Broken Arrow. 
Yeah. He just okay, yells. No, another movie I love, by the way. John Travolta as a villain as well. Oh, um, he's the villain in that movie. I think there's it's like a back and forth kind of thing, similar to this one. Um, what my my favorite part about that scene, which I don't think we showed, is that he's like, "You want my face too bad," and then just like scrapes a knife over his face, and it's just. Oh, he's not even a knife. I think it's like a piece of glass. Yeah, yeah it, it just it just leaves a a trail of fake blood. That is all. It's yep. not, there's not. They don't even make an effort to put any sort of like visible wound on it. Like it's just fake blood. Yeah, like it starts coming off as and certain parts parts of it. It's like yeah. he cuts it and then like all of a sudden it's gone from the where he cut it because he smudged it with his hand or something. Oh, and this is and we kind of we glazed over a little bit, but this is like from like maybe the last fifteen minutes of the movie. John Travolta's voice is coming out of Nicolas Cage's body because the yeah. microchip thing was damaged. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So like, because at one because now it's like the like. Archer's team is like approaching the beach where the accident happened and they're like, Archer, are you okay? And he's like, what did you call me? And it's like John Travolta's voice. Um, so it's like, and he's like, he's like, we're getting a team flown in from DC. It's, it's like, like, how do they know that it's actually, so at this point it's basically just his wife is the only, because oh, I think we she called. Yeah. She called. She called. Yeah. And they're all like, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever you say, lady, that makes sense. Yeah. The, <laughs> The, what's They're it like, called? We drove to this hospital, and this hospital that burned down had a bunch of faces in it. They're like, oh, because Castro Troy has killed everybody who knows about the face transplant. Which was three, but no, he didn't kill everybody. He killed, he killed the person, the the, the police person who was in charge, the person whose idea it was, and then the lead scientist. But like, there was a team of like twenty doctors doing the surgery. And all of those nurses and other doctors, like in physicians' assistants, they just probably showed up at work the next day and were like, "This is, this feels like something happened here." <laughs> well, to a burned down building, yeah, or to a burned down, yes, yeah, they, they showed so up they to a burned down building. And so, I, I'm very curious to know, like, when did the phone call happen to like get them there? Because it's like a six hour flight from DC to to the Los Angeles area. Because it's like. You have to keep John Travolta. You have to keep both faces alive. Yeah, like you well, basically he, have to save Castor Troy and John Travolta's body if you want to put the face back on. Yeah, which they did. I mean, they put him right next to each, the, the, each other in the ambulance, and then he like reaches over and steals the wedding ring back. Yeah, John Travolta. But, what, I, but uh, what I'm saying is, like after that though, they have like six hours to be like, we have to keep him alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, because otherwise that 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 tissue death is going to happen fast. Well, they didn't necessarily bring him back to D.C. They might have just brought the team in to L.A. But that's still a what, but that's still a six hour flight. Maybe they had a big jar like with no lid on it that they just dropped both of them in. And they just maybe they, they just put them both in that fish tank. They yeah. had like face face juice to give them. Let's, I, um, yeah. let's talk about uh, the last part of the movie, which I know Dan has some very passionate uh, feelings about. So uh, we've got we've got John Travolta. He's back in his own body. Sean Archer's back home with his family. He's coming back after his surgery. He's doing great, but he's got a kid in tow with him. He's got Caster Troy's son at this point. Uh, both Caster Troy and Gina Gershon's character, who's the mom, are dead. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, can he stay with us for a little while? But like... He's basically adopted this kid who 
you know, just saw some really fucked up shit. <laughs> like, what's like? So, so I have no. You go, Chris. You go, Chris. Well, like, did he adopt him, or did he just? He knew where the kid Take was. <laughs> it, it, it feels like he just was like, ooh, it's like, I found this. Uh, and it's like, it is. It, it very much, like, it gives you the impression of like, oh, let's have you go to, uh, let's have you go to, like, our old son's room and, like, we'll give you our old son's name and you can just, like, live his life and, like, we'll take you. And it's just like, like the adoption process is a long process. You don't just like get to take a kid. And I feel like you should have cleared it with his wife ahead of time. Well, yeah, it's like, he it's may like, have because uh, no, in the, no, in the dialogue, there's a part that, that indicates that maybe he did because uh, he says, why don't you show him to his new room as if they had it already made up for him. No, it, this is just John Travolta making decisions for the family. Chris. So it's it's like the the mom hadn't touched the kid's room since the kid died, and you're like, just move into that one. It's got kids' toys. Yes, in it. yes. Because because he said earlier that he slept in like in the he said earlier that like the night before the mission he slept in his old son's bed. Oh my god, this got like so it, much it was worse. just kept that way as like a room of like a room of remembrance, and then he's. <laughs> I, I just want to point out the trauma that both of these children have been through. So the 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 six year old kid, he's basically witnessed a horrific shootout. Uh, his real he finds out that Castro Troy is his real dad. His real dad dies. His mom dies, his and then mom, he gets adopted by the man who killed his real dad. And his mom yes. was fucking like fucking her brother. Well, we don't know that. The, 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 yeah, so the, the uh, his Nick mom Kastavik. shares like a very pa- passionate kiss with, I think her brother. Yeah, that's her brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, that part was very odd. It was like, confusing. what is going on here? Anyway, there's a there's a lot of like implied incest in this movie for sure. I uh, mean, and then yeah, yeah. So that that kid's fucked, and also the daughter's pretty fucked. Yeah, because the daughter has like had her dad be really creepy with her. Yep. Then finds out it wasn't her real dad. Then she stabs her fake dad, and she gets her real dad back. Like, and she shoots her real dad. Yeah, but she's apologetic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shot you, dad. Yep, sorry, I shot you, dad. <laughs> but it's oh like, my God. like I like he just brings the kid home, and it's just like we have this kid now, and it's like, and it's like. He he's like he brings the kid and is like, "How do you guys feel if he stays with us for a little while?" There's no answer, honey. Why don't you show him to his room? So, oh, bring God. child home. Stun silence. I made the decision that he has a room in this house now. <laughs> I mean that. And, yeah. and the thing too, like the th- the thing too is like from a doctor's standpoint. They they made the decision to do this scene here. Like, if either of you had a loved one who had, went through like a major surgery in which they had to get their face put back on, ninety percent sure you're going to meet them at the hospital. Right? It's just like she just wait. They just wait until he's like fully healed. He just walks home. In well, this, apparently the healing process takes hours. Yeah, in this crazy misty sequence where like everything outside is super misty for no reason. And there's playing um, that music. So that kid, the kid was just in the waiting room of that hospital the whole time. They, they, uh, here's some trivia for that. So the, uh, there was an alternate ending that I think was their original ending where 
they get back together and then Sean Archer looks in the mirror and then uh, his wife's and the audience see Caster Troy's face. So like John Travolta looks in the mirror at the end of the movie and then Nicolas Cage's face pops up. Uh, oh, so like so, he had never like so that Caster Troy didn't die and he won in the end. Is that, is that what they're saying? It's unclear. It's ambiguous. Um, oh, but so wow. they got rid of that and then they did that last scene as like a reshoot because they're like, oh shit, we need a happy the ending. The ultra happy ending. <laughs> Maybe what John Wu was trying to say there is like through the experience, he became more like him than and he can never get rid of that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Chris, can you flip us over to the trivia section? Oh, yeah. Just, this is the section where we talk about some trivia from the movie. We've covered some of it, but I have some fun stuff that I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know about Cage in the Park? No. This no. is the thing they did in New York uh, that's like Shakespeare in the Park, but for Nick Cage movies. And so they did a remake as a Shakespearean play of this movie uh, and and did it as like a live show. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. That would be amazing. Um, also, I don't know if you guys know this, but they're doing a remake. Of this I didn't know this. You what? didn't know this? No. I didn't know this, yes. I didn't. They announced it in September of last year that they're that they're making a face-off remake, and I have no more information other than that it's happening. Okay. I, I, think, if, I think if I remember correctly, it is a comedic one and it might star the rock and kevin hart oh god oh my I, god I, why I, I i could be completely wrong but i feel like this is something jumanji? no i'm not thinking of jumanji because they do a lot of movies together now but i uh, i think that is i think that's what i remember i want to see a uh, face off with chris pine and chris pratt or chris the, uh, evans and chris pine like I, I did. I, I did some googling. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't able to find any uh, evidence about who they had picked for it, so I don't think that's. I think. I think that it would be really fun. I don't know if that's necessarily confirmed. The one thing I do know is that it's written by the guy who wrote Detective Pikachu. Ah. <laughs> oh no! Oh yes. why? Why? In uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. Yes. Oh, so it is just going to be a comedy, straight up comedy. Um. The uh, uh, some other trivia from this uh, Nicholas Cage is afraid of heights, and uh, one of the action scenes in this movie was one of the most frightening days of his life. I'm wondering what that could be. Maybe the scene where he jumps off the the oil rig, the oil rig, probably, or maybe yeah. like something in the plane. I don't know. I can't think of that many heights based things. Uh, he was uh, in a plane, but it was on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um. The uh, Dan, you know this trivia. The magnetic yes. boots that the prisoners wear were the same boots that were worn by the Goombas in the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I love that movie, by the way. I fucking love that movie. Oh, Chris, have you seen I it? Being really disturbing. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, there's a a cameo but of a box that's labeled InGen in the prison. Oh. From oh my god! Wait, uh, yeah. In InGen is from uh, what's that from? Jurassic Park. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Whoa. Um, wait, I is this the same universe? Apparently, is this I mean, the MCCU? The the N and what? The MCCU, the Michael Crichton Cinematic Universe. <laughs> 
I, I, uh, it seems like in a world that would create Jurassic Park would also create this prison. You know, it makes sense to me. Um, in early drafts of the script, uh, Sean Archer went to Caster's mother's place to hide out. They had two uh, people that they wanted to play the mother. One was Elizabeth Taylor, and the other was Jack Nicholson in drag. Ah. <laughs> oh, the 90s. What a weird time to make movies. Oh, man. Um, that's all I got. Let's let's rank this movie. So we have Chris will uh, pull up the the ranking. We, so we've watched we watched two other movies so far. We've watched Leaving Las Vegas and The Wicker Man, and we're gonna figure out where that fits in between them using a uh, highly scientific method of scoring. Um, oh, wrong tab, Chris. <laughs> that's not the actual results. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, our highly scientific method. So, um, basically, the way this works, Dan and audience, is we're going to score this movie on a bunch of different things out of 10. Um, and to start off, we're going to say the cast out of 10. So, like how good the cast was. Um, uh, Dan, what do you think? So, the cast is tough because the cast includes everyone. Exactly. Um, so I think I'm going to give it, uh, I think I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I think it's very, very good. Uh, I would have liked to see more, uh, uh, more diversity in the, like the employees of John Travolta in terms of like personality and in terms of like race and gender and everything. Um, I think they could have done some more with that. Um, but in terms of like the leads, like the leads were great. The leads were, were just as you needed them to be. Um, so I, I will give it an eight. I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. I know it's a, a little different because you sure you have Travolta and you have, you have, uh, you know, I'm going to bump that to a five actually because of the wife, but you have Travolta and you have, Joan you know, Allen. Joan Allen. She helped. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, the rest of the actors in this movie are pretty much like, you know, you don't see them in anything else. I mean, maybe there's one, the dude who gets his brain fried was in true blood. But uh, like other than that, so I, I'm I'm gonna lowball it on this one. Yeah, Adam I'm... now edits for Cake Boss. Who? It, what? Adam, the boy. The, yeah. the kid. The little boy. He's an editor for Cake Boss. Now. Wait, the one who gets no. shot in the head, or the one who lives at the end? The one who's the 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 new the new John Travolta. The new Michael. <laughs> the new Michael. Michael too. Michael um, too. I'm going to go also kind of low on this. Uh, just you know, I know, Dan, I know, but it's like we've seen a lot of movies with Nicolas Cage movies where we've like, there's just been so many cameos and so, or so many just character actors. And this one, I feel like uh, I like Joan Allen a lot. I like Nicolas Cage a lot. I don't love John Travolta. I mean, he, you know, this is a, John Travolta is not my favorite actor to watch. So I'm going to give this one a four. And it's just for the supporting characters. I wish they had more people that I was excited about in it. Um, Dan, acting. Overall. Acting. Not, not just Nicolas Cage, overall. I think I think I will do a, a six for acting. Um, I think um, I think Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, Joan Allen, um, I'm blanking on her name, um, but Nicolas Cage's Dominic um, Yes, I think they do a very, very good job. Um, I think Nicolas Cage does a good job of like playing both parts. I think he understands both parts. 
I believe the fear. Actually, I'm going to make it. I'll make it a seven. Um, my my biggest issue is John Travolta, uh, who I think is just like he's his archer is all over the place, and it's like like I don't know who he's doing. He's having fun, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> um, but he's not he's not being archer um, in any means. Like he's not making any of the faces. He's got a little bit of the danciness down, but that's that's about it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go pretty similar six, just because yeah, the acting wasn't like the peak of this movie was the, the height of this movie wasn't the acting. Yeah, I'm gonna do a six as well. I mean, I think that it, it'll hopefully it'll make up points in other uh, areas, but you know, this is not a movie you watch for good acting. This is a movie you watch for fun. What is the fun quantity, Dan? Out of ten. I will give this movie an eight for fun. Uh-huh. Um, for me, uh, for me, the thing is, is like it has a lot of very good action set pieces. Um, you have the air, you have the airplane thing at the beginning. You have the, uh, you have the face switching. You have uh, all the other stuff too. Like you have the the car chases. You have the the boat stuff. Um, I love the stuff where like Nicolas Cage is in the seeds and like that stuff is very, very fun. Like he's making fun choices. The John Travolta stuff is like a little dry for me. And like, there's a, you get to these period points in the movie where it's like there, you are in a little bit of like a dry spell of like a stretch of like exposition about stuff or just being like some dry conversations. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lauren. Lauren is in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Florida is in the shot with an eye mask over her head. Oh, so sneaky. This is like this is like the when the when the mom and the the kid rushes in when the guy's on the um, the news report. Lauren's in a costume for a show right now. <laughs> Please watch the sleepover on two MB Studios. Sleepover. Yes. Is it on, is it on tonight? We can we can raid after the the, the show. Uh, it's not on tonight. Uh, it's on uh, every other Saturday at ten. All Everyone. right, then. Every other Saturday at 10, 2 MB Studios, everybody. 10 Eastern. Um, <laughs> and that's her with all the pillows. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> this, in the land of COVID, uh, every home is a studio. <laughs> yeah, for everyone uh, in the podcast, a dance partner is in the background preparing for a show. That was amazing. I just saw her. I saw her open that door behind you and then just drop to the ground. It was like, <laughs> I really hope she crawls by. <laughs> I got a message that was like, she needs the pillows. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I thought she just meant the pillows behind me. <laughs> uh, she needs all the pillows, all of the pillows in the apartment. All the pillows are belong to Lauren. Um, Chris, you know what? I'm going to upgrade my score to a nine because that was very fun. <laughs> and I think that's related to this movie. You know what, Dan? I'm right there with you. Nine for me. I had so much fun watching this movie whenever I watched it the first time, just because there's so much to laugh at. There's so many moments. As a child, I did find disturbing. I agree with Meg. But as an adult watching this movie, it just so much like, that's not science. You know, this is crazy. And when like you see the stuntmen just so blatantly there and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a fun, crazy movie. Nine. And as the, and as the Nicolas Cage like show, like, he is having fun. He's, He's having, having so a fun. lot of fun doing this. This isn't a movie where it's like, oh man, he has to pay off like his dinosaur skeleton that he bought. It's like, this is a movie he's doing because like, this is a fun movie for him to do. Um, guys, I'm going to give this one a perfect 10. I can't. Wow. 
I, I mean, this is when I think of like the most fun Nicolas Cage movie, I can't think of anything that's more fun than this. I mean, like, not the Croods. I have not seen the Croods. I mean, like Con or Air Ghost Rider. is fun, but has a lot of problematic uh, stuff to it. The Rock is not as fun. It's more serious. You know, this is just peak cartoony, over the top action fun. I love this movie. If, if right. you enjoy the cartooniness of Cage in this, you will very much enjoy the cartooniness of Nicolas Cage and Ghost Rider. Spirit yep. of Vengeance. Ghost Rider I, is one. The second one was better than the first. The second one is much better than the first. The it first was done is by just... the Crank directors. They know who Nicolas Cage is as a person, and they are able to make it an incredibly fun movie. I, that's gonna. I can't wait to do the Ghost Rider movies. Um, next category is technical. So this is like you know, like special effects, wigs, costuming. I do not think we mentioned this so far, but. Nicholas Cage is like maybe the worst hair in <laughs> the hair they have. This bad. It's real bad hair. But that's 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 for you to decide, Dan, because there's a lot of other factors to this. What's the technical effects score of this movie for you? I, I am going to give it an eight because um, I think like in terms of one beautiful costuming, um, Lots of animal wrangling. There's seagulls, there's doves, there's a lot of stuff. The locations in this, with the exception of like the oil rig, are like all places that exist. And someone had to do a lot of work to find those places. Yes. Someone had to pick just the just the right hill in Griffith Park. Well, they they to had know. to shoot the the thing at an actual oil rig too, you know, like they yeah. just the actual outside of it. Like we've talked about, like the stunts are incredible, the the effects are just crazy and it's like i the only reason i am giving it an eight and not a 10 is because they use the same cgi bullet twice in this movie (laughs) they use it once at like i think the beginning the sniper shot and then later they use it in the shootout scene uh another pillow just went by um they use it again in the shootout scene i think is the other time they use it yeah they keep using that same Bullet and, and yeah, the, the Mexican uh, standoff they had like four CGI bullets flying around. Yeah. What you got, Chris? What do you think? I'm right there with him on this one. I think uh what's so, like there were so many good, amazing practical effects, but then what they they screwed up was on the little details, like you could see the wires in that guy, you could see the stuntmen all the time. So yeah, I think it it's it's a really, really solid thing, but like obviously he's gonna have better technical movies than this one for sure. I'm going to give it a nine because I mean, I feel like it was 1997. Like, could they have done any better? You know, like I, I, the granted it's not a perfect action movie. I think the only thing I'm taking points off for was that like a lot of the action sequence featured like debris flying through the air and sparks and like, you know, it would have been cool to see a, you know, an action sequence that was slightly different than that. But that's true. Uh, they did do that over the rainbow scene, though. That that is a little yeah, bit. They're like, they were like, let's give us a different action scene. I it's it's pretty damn good. So I think a nine uh, overall, Dan. How do you rank this uh, out of ten? Real quick, because I, I I just I was looking it up earlier and I got distracted. I think by pillows. Um, uh, I looked up what the body count in this movie is. Um, so I know how many people died. Do either of you know how many people died in this movie? Tell us. Uh, can we guess? Uh, yes. Uh, Chris, what is your guess? 45. Meg? 30. Uh, Chris is closest. It's 56. Wow. <laughs> Nicholas Cage kills, uh, Castor Troy kills 16. Sean Archer kills 16. 
uh, Dietrich uh, kills six, Sasha kills two, uh, and then uh, the prison people, I think, kill six. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, overall. Yes. Overall, I mean, I this is a movie that I think is incredibly fun. It is a movie that I will always try to watch if it's, I'm like, I don't know what else to watch. Um, I own art depicting the movie. I'm pointing at it now. Um, I sent a picture of it earlier and you can see it on my Instagram at Doc Chaffa <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, so I would be a fool if I did not give this movie a 10. Nice. All uh, right. A perfect 10 from Dan. I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight. I think overall Ooh. for me, I think what, what, what brings it down for me was uh, the, the acting and the cast. Because watching some other his other movies, you see like like so many talented actors in the same movie, it's crazy. So this one, those two things gonna bring it down. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a nine. I love this movie. I think the only thing I'm taking a point off for is that I think that it is a John Travolta movie and not a Nicolas Cage movie. Like I think John Travolta has a bigger part. And I don't love John Travolta, but you know, it's other than that, and if you're willing to sort of ride the John Travolta train for a little while. It's great. It's such a good movie. Um, all right. So this last section, Dan, is where you give a, you can give or take away a bonus point for anything that you enjoyed or disliked in the movie. Um, so for example, um, like you could take away a bonus point for uh, creepy John Travolta scenes. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I'd like to take uh, take away a point because John Travolta steals a child at the end and people, not enough people talk about that and also the fact that Hollywood determines that as the happy ending of being like oh that child is gone uh, I'm going to take away a point for the the whole fact that this whole movie could have been avoided if they had done the logical thing and just had him visit his brother in the hospital that's all he would have had to done and avoid this nonsense uh, I'm going to add a point, uh, surprisingly, I'm surprising myself here for the face touching, because even <laughs> though it's awful and weird, it's so memorable. And like, I think that, you know, it was a good, it was a good choice to have that be there. Cause you, you don't forget it. So um, Meg, are you saying John Travolta is good at improv? <laughs> <laughs> on the record, are you saying John Travolta is good at improv? This is I feel like record. this is, a, this is entrapment. This is entrapment, Dan. <laughs> this is I mean, this could be your this could be your first shirt that you sell. John Travolta is good at improv on <laughs> tpublic.com. <laughs> um, so we've seen two movies so far. We have seen ignoring the question, ignoring the question, <laughs> leaving Las Vegas and The Wicker Man. So far, leaving Las Vegas has beat The Wicker Man. Dan, if you had to guess, where would this? I don't know if you've seen both of those movies, but if you had to guess, where would this fall into the? Uh, I would hope it's better than. It's better than Wicker Man. It has to be. Because there's just so much woman punching in Wicker Man. <laughs> there's so much woman punching. And kicking. And kicking. Um, um, there's the widest of bird Vegas in line. Won an Oscar, so. But I feel like it's more of like... It's not fun. I don't feel like it's as fun. So I would think it's high. I would say it's, I would say it's first. My bet, is, my, my bet is first. All right, Chris. Take us away to the, the final results. Yeah. Yeah. Face wow. Off is our number one Nicolas Cage movie with uh, 116 points, I think, was it? Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's winning by a wide margin for right now. Oh, I don't, it's, it's that's the one to beat. beat that. 
It's a comfortable lead, and I don't know if another movie is going to beat that. That's pretty high. Uh, something that we've been doing, too, is this uh, cage gauge. We rate and we plot on two axes Nick Cage's performance, craziness versus acting quality. And we have these quadrants <laughs> that we put the movies into. So his craziness, Dan, how crazy out of 10 do you think he was in this movie? Here is my question, because this will affect the score. Yes. For this, am I, I including, am I, I, cause I feel like I need to include Nicholas Cage as Caster Troy. It's the and, actor. It's him. And yes. John Travolta as Caster Troy. No. I, I would say this is the classic Cage performance craziness. Like, okay, you know, so just, that classic Cageness. Him. Yeah, that, yeah. Given the first, since we only really get Cage in his actual body for maybe five minutes, and those five minutes are just fire the entire time, <laughs> I'm going to give it an, is it out of 10? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. All right. Because he's the most subdued at the beginning when he's accidentally killing a child. But then from that point on, like his first line of dialogue, I think, is him singing hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. And grabbing a butt. Uh, I am going to also kind of I think it's up there. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's up there in terms of his craziness performances. I'm going to give it a perfect 10. Even a perfect as, 10. Even as Sean Archer. He has so many crazy moments, like when he's staring at himself in the mirror, he's high on drugs. He's like, ah, that great face. I mean, I can't think of a crazier Cage movie. Maybe I'll find one later and regret it, but all right. Also, real quick, real quick. He lies to Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, when he is Archer, he lies to Caster Troy's real girlfriend. He's like, yes, I, of course, I am Caster Troy. Well, I mean, if he had said who he really was, he would blow his cover. <laughs> I mean, at this point, he's going to steal this child and is probably planning already how to steal this child. Maybe a little <laughs> honesty would be appreciated. She never knew. She died without knowing. She That's never. She, she died thinking her child would live with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. There's some uh, more non-consensual shit going on in this movie. Non-consensual child taking. <laughs> so this is this is Nicolas Cage specific acting out of 10 in this movie. His quality of acting. Yeah. I, I'm going to give this an eight. He's I mean, he's playing two different characters. And you yeah. know when he is the two different characters, which I think is like very, very impressive. Um, I, I yeah, I, an eight feels right to me. Uh, I'm going to give it probably a seven just because, I mean, it's, he's not going to win the Academy Awards here. You know, I'm going to go down to a six, honestly, because like some of those moments are just like so over the top that I feel like I, I, I feel like acting wise, I'm not like super like, oh, this is, you know, an incredible performance. I don't know. Meg. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a seven. I mean, he's playing two characters. It's not good. You know, it's not. I think he did a good job, but it's not, you know, the best. All right, so let's see where that stacks up with all the other movies we've done so far. Ah, so we are actually up in the upper right quadrant with uh, leaving, uh, leaving Las Vegas. We got the, the Wicker Man down here in the bad acting, more crazy quadrant. And we have uh, right here on the top right here is Face Off. So, yeah. We're slowly gathering data. What does this uh, tell us? I don't know, but it's cool to visualize. We, we, we don't know. We just like it. Uh, crazy. Your less crazy example is Con Air. 
<laughs> I know. I, I, well, just no. See, now that I just like the picture of him looking all calm. I just, okay. I, I use that because he just looks calm. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chris, take us to uh, Nick Cage facts. Oh, you got yeah. it. We got a fact to close out the show. Because we, you know, we're, we're watching his movies, but we also want to learn about him as a person, too. Um, did you guys know that Nicolas Cage will not eat anything that mates in an undignified way? This is a quote. I actually choose the way I eat according to the way animals have sex. I think fish are very dignified with sex. So are birds. <laughs> he will not eat pig because their undignified mating makes them unfit to be eaten. But why not just say I'm not going to eat mammals? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how, how? what does a fish look like when it's having sex? How does he know that? Why has he researched that? They just blast out a cloud of jizz. Is that really what happens? Yeah. They're, they're, there's a bunch of eggs all, that the lady lays, and then a, a male fish comes and goes, and just like, you know, they don't even do have sex. Explodes into yeah. nothing. <laughs> it just blows up. So he doesn't like things that like, you know, have sex in the classic humping way. That's like, so weird. Maybe this is why he won't eat people. So true. <laughs> so true, Chris. That's the only reason. I wonder, I honestly wonder if this is like a thing that he just sort of said to mess with an interviewer once. <laughs> like this is wild. Maybe he's just a pescatarian. Or I guess he's chicken too. Pescatarian. Um, guys, we have made it through a show. We have had a very long show today, oh, but yeah. we got a lot to talk about. Um, uh, Dan, where can the people find you on the internet during these times? Uh, you can find me on my Instagram and Twitter, which is uh, Doc Chapa uh, on those different platforms. Uh, you can also find me on uh, multiple shows on Twitch, uh, on 2MB Studios. Um, one of those is Quarantine Action Wrestling, uh, which I portray a substitute teacher who is also a ghost uh, named Eddie Cation. Uh, and this week, I hope you're fighting, Chris. Yeah, we're fighting this week. It's going to be awesome. And um, also uh, watch The Sleepover on 2MB Studios every other Saturday at 10. I'm not in that show, but that's what the pillows are for. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not this coming Saturday, but the next Saturday. It'll be next Saturday. The show happened last night, so it'll be two weeks from now. And that's 10 Eastern time. Yes, 10 Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, Yeah, we're coast coast to coast right now. We're a coast to coast podcast. Um, So, uh, and other things, other things we want to promote. So on this channel, on Managers Comedy on Twitch, we have a show called Virtual Improv, which is every Tuesday and Friday. Um, So that uh, is 6 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, and then 7 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays. 10 p.m. Eastern. We are on this Tuesday, <laughs> off this Friday. And check the schedule down below. Yeah. It'll, it's all the be Tuesday there. following and then back the Friday after that. We'll be playing classic episodes for those nights we're off. We will not be doing that. We yeah, we will. To- I'm going to put reruns on. Really? Yeah, you could, you could put reruns. <laughs> That's one. Now, okay. now classic Meg, imagine episodes. what would happen if instead of you learning that news, you learn that Chris just found a child and was bringing that child home to live. To live with That's you. about the same, the same tone he would probably use. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So we have we have other episodes of this show coming up, Unlocking the Cage. We are off this weekend. Uh, in case it wasn't clear, Chris and I are going on a little trip <laughs> to go stay in an Airbnb. So we can't do the show. Um, but we will be back on October 18th. Our show is Na- our National Treasure. Finally, uh, Will Gianetta, the creator of our theme song and one of our good friends, will be our guest. Um, be a fun one. We are raising money for the Downtown Women's Center. Um, this is an organization mm-hmm. in Los Angeles that focuses on serving and empowering women experiencing homelessness and formerly homeless women. Um, it's a great organization in downtown LA. If you have money to spare and feel like donating to it, that would be great. Love to see that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Anything I forgot, guys? Uh oh yeah, we're a podcast. Oh yes. You, uh th- this is this is you know, maybe you're watching the show live on Twitch, but say you prefer to not see our faces, we don't blame you. Uh, you know, it's sometimes you just like to listen to something. You can find us on podcast any anywhere you find podcasts is uh, podcasts is on podcasts is podcasts is we have new episodes released every Tuesday that are the Sunday live episodes. Uh, Unlocking the cage. Unlocking the cage. What else you got, Chris? Anything? Uh, no, I think you covered everything. Dan, thank you so much. We yes, loved having you. No one could be more passionate about this movie, and you were the perfect guest for it. Thank you. So oh, much. this has been a blast. Please, please have me back for any any movie that you need, whether Nicolas Cage is a cartoon character or peeing fire or just simply hating the fact that he has a family. Please, please, please have me back <laughs> for something. Also, I realized that him hating a family describes at least five of his movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, we'll get you for one of the real deep cuts later on, Dan, for sure. We got a- Mom and dad. Mom and dad. <laughs> Mom and dad. That's a, I got to look this up. That's the first I heard of this thing. Holy shit. Um, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. You want to take us out? All right. Have a good night, everybody. Have Bye. a good night, everybody. See you night. in two weeks. Bye. This has been Unlocking the Cage. Tune in Sunday nights at 5 at Manager's Comedy on Twitch. Theme song by William Janetta. Thanks again for listening.